0: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
1: Arthur Smith is, in fact, the new offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Love the hire.
2: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
1: What's the... World of Bill Belichick right now, Albert.
2: Will somebody throw him the keys the way Robert Kraft threw him the keys in two thousand? And the answer to that really has been no. Today's guests: host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio; ESPN NFL analyst Robert Griffin the Third; host of This Is Football Podcast, Kevin Clark. And now it's rich hey everybody
1: welcome to this edition of the rich eisen show i am sitting here live on the los angeles set of the roku channel and for those who are listening on our terrestrial radio affiliate network coast to coast and listening on satellite radio sirius and xm or streaming us listening on odyssey i am wearing a cardigan and i haven't worn one in a long time i just was Looking around yeah, the closet today, and to I'm the... like, you know what? I'm going cardigan Walk today. Us through that? Yeah. I'm just going to go cardigan and I'll say the word four times to start the show. That's God. what I thought before I left. So, it's all good in this hood. Uh I did did I set off an alarm by <laughs> saying that, <laughs> that word <laughs> the multiple times? Did cardigan I alarm went off rich? I didn't day. know that. <laughs> I <something> called, like, <laughs> what what you know, I I thought it was just a piece, it's just a <laughs> garment. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show, and uh, it was just announced by our friends at the uh, Roku channel. Well, I guess we kind of said yesterday, we're going to Vegas, Hey, we're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week, and our guest list is almost completely, virtually, totally locked, and we're very excited about it. Can't wait to uh, to talk about all that. And um, and uh, good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm great to be seen. What's good. Up? You're reading that Jets deep dive? Oh, I am. Yeah. You know what? I am. I'm so uninterested in it.
2: I mean, I had to, there's, you know, Patriot season was a disaster. So I got it. So take, and uh, how come
1: there's no deep dive on that one?
2: We know what happened. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> we know what
2: happened with the Jets. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. We'll talk about it later, I guess. All right. I'm, I'm just, you know. How are you over there, Mike Two? For um, your back. Yes. you're back from Villanova your... Villanova
2: Marquette.
1: Hey. Yeah, before you he already it. fronted it. That's what See. he did yesterday. Like you're
2: literally wearing the same thing you wore Monday. I always wear the
0: same thing. He's, my, my, my he's my got uniform. the same thing. Marshall
2: Falk told you. I it's um, my uniform. Like it's like usually mix up the hats.
1: It's called a no, washing machine, Chris, or we hope. No, I washed. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. TJ Jefferson, how are you? You know, I'm all right. How are you doing? Oh, <laughs> What's happening
0: here? Today? My
2: man's on the injured list. He's oh, is that yeah. right? You're playing hurt. Yeah, you're not good. I mean, look, I don't not, like to complain, not good. but man, yeah. really, yeah. he's in rough yeah. shape. I okay. won't say it. I'll say it. He's hurting. Is that right? Yeah, he's hurting, dog. I'm like Ed Reed in the high, yeah, Ed, Ed, for at sure.
0: halftime for the hurt. Okay, here we go. Yeah, he's hurting. Here we though. go. Here you go. Go. Here you here's know here's what? Anything I should say? I'm trying to power through. Come on now. trying to get through. Yes, you are. Each day, every day. But I'm here to tell you. People with back pain, I feel for you because this is this
2: is yeah. not great. Yeah, it's not great. All Every right.
0: time you make me laugh, it feels like I'm, <laughs> oh, no. I'm in my back. Oh no, if I cough, it because hurts. that's
1: what I like to do. Yeah. I, I like to make you. I like to make people laugh. <laughs> I'm a giver. See, I understand. Thank you. <laughs> wow, well, welcome Ow. to this program, everybody. Yeah. All right, Hello. here we Hello. are. Here we are. Hello. I, it's funny. I, I took my 15 year old Zan to school today. What up, Zan? Look and um, and he came up with uh, he asked me a question, that kind of took me back because first of all, um, I didn't I didn't know um how deep he was into the Super Bowl this year, um, and um, but he asked me a question that kind of gave me pause. He said, "Dad, is Brock Purdy?" The Tom Brady of the Super Bowl could he be the the next Tom Brady and I'm like that's interesting because we're all focused on Patrick Mahomes becoming Tom Brady like he's already the next Tom Brady in terms of being the dominant guy in the league the guy who takes the field with an air of invincibility the guy who who has a connection with one of his weapons, a la Edelman, a la Welker, a la Gronk, a la Randy Moss for that one year, where he's got that connection that is unstoppable, and he's unstoppable, and it doesn't matter how many championships he has in the case, all of them don't mean anything, and the only thing that means something is the next one.
0: Don't forget Deion Branch. No.
1: Dion Branch was a Super Bowl MVP. That's right. As a matter of fact, he was a Super Bowl MVP in the last Super Bowl that crowned a repeat champion, which Mahomes is attempting to do. Again, another Brady-like thing that Brady did before he turned 28. And Mahomes has already accomplished more than what Brady has by age 28, if you count the metric of regular season wins and playoff wins and Super Bowl appearances and MVPs, they have the same Super Bowl MVPs. And Mahomes is trying to match Brady for Super Bowl wins through age 28. And in terms of the focus, it's like, can he catch Tom Brady? He's already the Tom Brady of his era Can he catch Tom Brady of the entire Super Bowl era? Like, that's what I'm focused on. So when he's like, Dad, can Brock Purdy become the next Tom Brady? I'm like, huh. Because winning a Super Bowl in year two of your playing career, you know. Mahomes tried it. You know who prevented him from doing it? Tom Brady. That's the one. (laughs) And... Purdy can do it. Now, Brady did it in his first season as a starting quarterback. We all know he sat year one, and then year two, he was going to sit until Mo Lewis blew up the innards of Drew Bledsoe. And so Purdy, this is his first full year as a starter, kind of like Brady back in the day. And Brady won it in his first full year as a starter. But Brady didn't start the year as the starter. Purdy did this year, even though they were gonna bring in, Tom, gonna Brady. Bring in Tom Brady, He's <laughs> looming over all of this. And as if yeah. he didn't he doesn't figuratively loomed, he 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 appeared yesterday to announce that his T B twelve brand is merging with Noble and how he's starting a, a whole new line of business and apparel
2: and stuff like that. He's getting ready to be on Fox next year. Correct.
1: He's going to be in the booth. Yeah. He's going to call a Super Bowl in a couple of years. So I mean, that's an interesting aspect of it. That the winner of this Super Bowl is either going to match Tom Brady for a career start by winning in his first full year as starter in year two of his career for a franchise that Brady – grew up loving and always envisioned he would put he would be putting his name on the list of Montana Young and Tom Brady for Super Bowl winners for the San Francisco 49ers now it can be Montana Young and Brock Purdy doing what Tom Brady did by shocking the world against a team that was the greatest show on turf and Warner and Falk right? We're kind of the... And Isaac Bruce and Tory Hall, Big to game. Now, these Chiefs don't have the same number of weapons as the, you know, other team from Missouri in the Super Bowl. And interestingly enough, Purdy, as I'm looking at the research packet I got from NFL Network Research... Brock Purdy led the NFL in passing yards per attempt this year at 9.6 and passer rating, a buck 13, which is why he's an MVP finalist. The last quarterback to lead the NFL in both of those categories in the regular season and then play in the Super Bowl that season was Matt Ryan, whose offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan. The last three quarterbacks to do it and then play in the Super Bowl are Ryan. Tom Brady, and Kurt Warner. See how there's kind of all these same names that are all out there right now? It's almost as if the football gods are trying to get our attention about something. He already got my oldest son's attention. Hmm. Where there's a magic carpet ride, although not many people associate the 49ers with a magic carpet ride. The Patriots at the time hadn't won a damn thing yet. And then there's Mahomes, who, with a win, gets that much closer to Tom Brady and separates himself even further from everybody else and then puts himself in some insane company. With a win this Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes becomes the fifth quarterback in NFL history to win three or more Super Bowls, joining Aikman, Bradshaw, Montana, and Tom Brady. The only quarterbacks in NFL history with more Super Bowl appearances than Mahomes right now are John Elway with five and Tom Brady. Mahomes is the first quarterback to start four Super Bowls prior to turning 30 years old. He beat, by two years, Tom Brady in terms of the youngest to ever do it with a win prior to age 30 for most Super Bowl wins Mahomes can tie Aikman and Tom Brady. The only players in NFL history to win multiple NFL MVPs and Super Bowl MVP awards. Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. If Mahomes wins Super Bowl MVP in a couple Sundays, guys, that would give him two MVPs and three Super Bowl MVPs. Matching the career numbers of Joe Montana in 16 years, he would do it in seven. These are stupid numbers. By the way, there's three pages of these notes (laughs) from NFL Network Research. That's how what Mahomes is doing is so insane. That's silly. You want me to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. All righty. He's reached his fourth Super Bowl in six seasons as the Chiefs starter. Starting quarterback to reach the Super Bowl, highest percentage of career seasons. So he's made three Super Bowls in six seasons now. This is fourth, right? In six seasons? 66.7% 66.7% of the time, he's made the Super Bowl in his career.
2: We're not counting the year he didn't play, I yeah, guess. That's
1: correct. Yeah. As a starter, starting quarterback. Got it. starting. And so <laughs> guess I mean? the next best percentage is 10 Super Bowls in 21 seasons, Tom Brady. Tom Brady made the Super Bowl in 48% of his football seasons. <laughs> he played 21 years.
2: Tom Brady's played in like 15% to, I, of all Super I Bowls. It's
1: crazy. <laughs> you want to know who's next at 36 and at 0.4%? Four Super Bowls in 11 seasons, both for Staubach and Jim Kelly. With a win at Super Bowl 58, Mahomes would join these two quarterbacks as the only quarterbacks with 15 or more playoff wins in their careers. Joe Montana and Tom Brady. He already has five straight seasons of multiple playoff wins. That's two better than Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Tom Brady. So he can, he's already Tom Brady, Mahomes, in terms of what he's done through age 28. Can he get to Tom Brady by the time it's all said and done? A win this year moves him that much closer, and he joins a list of quarterbacks who have repeated as Super Bowl champions. The last being, wait for it, Tom Brady. Hey. So which one is it? Purdy or Mahomes? I don't know. I just threw it up on Twitter. So how'd you do it? Because again, it's a nuanced thing. Like Purdy can do what Brady did to start a career that Mahomes didn't. Although Mahomes has started his career over six seasons as a starter, better than Tom Brady. And so Purdy could become the next Mahomes, but he could do something that he's starting as the, the next Tom Brady as a young, young, young second year quarterback.
2: Yeah, like if, but if Mahomes can be, can become what Tom Brady's full career is. Right. Well he'll be well, he'll be almost halfway to his full career. if like if the Niners win the Super Bowl, do you think Purdy will do the hand over his head photo?
1: Why not? Look at his looking at his you know, twenty five years. Sister and his parents, whatever, right? Yeah. Isn't that what he
0: did? Yeah. <laughs> you think you think Purdy, like during before introductions and they're in the tunnel, you think he went up to Sam Darnold and smacked him on the helmet and was like, I told you I'd get you here. Yeah, <laughs> Brady did that with Drew Bledsoe. By so. the way, did you
1: see that Sam Sam Darnold is the only quarterback drafted in 20, the twenty eighteen draft yeah. to make the Super Bowl yet, the and the others point. are Lamar and Josh Allen, yeah. and Baker.
2: Yeah, funny, funny, weird stat. You know, know what I mean? That like doesn't mean much, but it's just interesting. No, Rich.
0: Right. What I find most interesting about everything you've just said is I'm sitting here listening to this. Purdy, Mahomes, Brady thing. More mm-hmm. importantly, Mahomes and Brady. It's for so many years, Chris. Basically, our entire you know ad- adult lives. It was Joe Montana. Yes, w- was at the top of the mountain. He was the guy that he was the standard. With bearer, Bradshaw, I think. With Bradshaw, uh-huh. but I don't think Bradshaw got as much props for what he did when the Forty Bowls as, as, as Joe Montana did. And now we're at a point where joe montana's being completely ignored and patrick mahomes is now seemingly jumped over him and now he's aiming at brady like oh, oh, what think, happened
2: to montana i think everyone thinks mahomes is better than brad uh, those guys right better than montana and bradshaw just in
1: terms of physically you're talking. i'm saying
2: just just better yeah i, uh, I just I'm, mean like joe montana well, I mean, it's just, like did he all of a sudden he
0: did not exist like
1: I know that. He was of our well, entire just, lives, it's, it's, He was the standard bearer, I dude. Know. But it's Montana true. will not only be a guest of ours on the show in Vegas next week, but he also has history of, you know, being prior to Mahomes's appearances six in a row. The last Chiefs quarterback to take the team to an AFC Championship game mm-hmm. was Montana, who chose the Chiefs as his spot once they moved on from him to put young in there who by the way is another guest of ours next week in vegas as well so i'm slowly but surely revealing here and so um we can ask joe his two cents on mahomes and purdy and brady and all that stuff and i can't wait so what's the poll question that you threw up there
2: uh, i put i'm gonna have to i, I can reword it if That's you all right. no, I, what is it? I, I just said uh, who's who's gonna end up more like tom brady Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? Well, don't you
1: think Mahomes would win that 100% of the time?
2: Well, It's at 86% now, but if, if you just think about okay, Mahomes fine. didn't win a Super Bowl in his second year, Purdy can, just like Brady, and then we're off and running.
0: But what if Purdy ends up marrying a Brazilian supermodel? Now, does very that much. factor into this? See, it, now, now the like, back
1: pain barbiturates are kicking in. <laughs> oh, good one. Back pain barbiturates?
0: Write <laughs> that, that was B-P-B. it. B-P-B. Yeah. <laughs> My
1: back. That could be. That could be. That could be the three letters that uh, that you have to put in to identify your fantasy team. I
0: am going to change my fantasy Back team right now. Back pain
1: barbiturates have kicked in. Unused <laughs> spinal tap out for <laughs> TJ Jefferson. I am just asking. All right, uh, let's take a break. Mike Florio is going to join us. I want to know what, what, what happened with Ben Johnson. What happened this entire time? He's just playing an okey doke, and the Washington Commanders are still looking, or they're not. Have they ident- identified somebody? We're going to find out. What's what is happening? And then of course we'll ask his two cents on the Super Bowl. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, when we come back. You at 844204 Rich. Hey folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. in store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
1: Hi, right, we're back on the air. What are you guys talking about? Uh, don't, no, I don't let's not talk about it. it. It's it's not, not, very not very about it. I I This is
0: not Odyssey or Westwood. One okay. No. Or-
1: hey. <laughs> you know who's happy about Ben play. Johnson not taking a job elsewhere and remaining the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions? All Lions Campbell. Well, then I guess he represents all Lions fans. His name is Marshall Mathers. Uh, Slim Shady. Eminem, guess I should <laughs> stop recording this diss track. <laughs> ben Johnson, oh, thank man. you for staying. We can't break this team up, especially since I'm on it. Coach Campbell, we love you, bro. Let's run it back next year. I'm ready. I promise you I will get us to the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's a lot of exclamation points. And interesting, at Ben Johnson, it's not Ipe. added. It's like it's not connected it's to just, actually – inf- I don't Johnson. know what that is. <laughs> um, Does
0: Ben Johnson happen?
1: I don't know. But love it. But it's just – there's there's a lot going on there. Um, He's part of the team. Well, I mean, he told everyone in Santa Clara who number one is, right?
0: <laughs> Twice. He's definitely 54th man on the 53-man, Ross. Okay. Well, you have something to say, Mike? Yeah, he missed the opportunity to use without you in that. Okay. We would not be the same without you. See, Eminem's got to, like, use his his lyrics. Oh, (laughs) so you're... Yes, you have to work that in.
1: You're... Yeah, it's like we do. Giving Eminem notes on how to become more self-promotional, make it more about him?
0: Yes. Okay. Because I'm the king of that. I mean, I know that. You are... I'm not going to lie.
1: I I mean, if you had to rank... R.E.S. consultants in terms of being expert at promoting themselves and making stuff about them. Ah. I mean, honestly, Chris, do you think I'd have to move over for him because he is number one when he's... it comes to that?
2: I don't know. I, I've never seen anyone like you, man. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a compliment.
1: No, it's not. No. If you're saying no, I mean, you I'm worse than him. You don't want to be Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio <laughs> network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by our friend, the creator of Pro Football Talk and the host of PFT Live on Peacock, which you can get right here on Roku, is back here on the program, Mike Florio. Good to see you, Mike. What's up, Rich? How are you, buddy? What number Super Bowl is this for you?
3: I don't know. How about 15? that? 15? No. I think it's 15. Really? Okay. Fifteen or fourteen. Was, I got to go back and do my math.
1: Was your first one the Cardinals and the uh, the Steelers? Was that? Yes, it?
3: I visited. I visited you. I remember that on the air. Yeah, was, a lot of nervous people. Yeah, <laughs> wondering what the hell this guy's
1: going to say. It was Florio, Glazer, Schefter, who is still with NFL Network on the set of NFL Total Access. I remember that, and uh, yeah, there might have been some folks that. 2, 2.45 Park, that's how far, that's how long ago it was. 2.80,
3: 280. that's right, 2.80, 2.80, 280 Park, that's right, yeah, I'm, re- I'm reporting you, that's I'm right. reporting you. <laughs> all right, dude, those, they,
1: they all meld together, everything on Park like, Avenue. It's funny you know, though,
3: it's funny though. the fact that I did not urinate in my own pants live <laughs> on the air, although that would have created a viral moment, The fact that I actually handled myself fairly well in that spot helped convince the folks at NBC to give me a chance to not urinate in my pants (laughs) on the air at NBC. So thank you.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, good to see you here uh, on this program. What's your reporting on Ben Johnson and his decision-making that led to him staying with Detroit?
3: Well, I'm trying to find out. And I'm going to try very hard here. Not to be a jerk, or at least as big of a jerk as I just was on the score in Chicago. Okay. Uh, because it was shifty between you and me that first time, fifteen years ago, down in Tampa, the outdoor set right by the water. It was great. It was perfect. Anyway. Yes. I I, I uh, I'll ask you this question: mm. When you're going to report that someone's asking price is so high that it spooked teams? Yes. What do you need to do before you put that out there? What would your instincts tell you as a trained and experienced journalist? If someone tells you someone's asking price has spooked multiple teams, what would you do before you put it out there? I'm not trying to be a jerk.
1: I'm just mm-hmm. curious. OK, um, ask multiple sources, get a second one in or something like that. Or
3: At some point, don't you go to the guy or his agent and say, I give him a chance to respond. That's one thing I've learned in the 23 years of trial and error, more error than trial on how to do this job. There are certain things we just have to have our antenna up for, Okay, this is probably something we should give the person a chance to respond before we go with it, Mm -hmm. because this could damage the guy. This could take him out of the upper echelon for next year. It could be Bobby Slowick next year as this year's Ben Johnson, the idea that he wants too much money, that he's unreasonable, that we don't want him. This is a delicate industry. There's only 32 spots, and if you get a bad reputation, it's hard to live it down. So now it's out there that this guy wants too much money. Well, first of all, how much money does he want? If we know how much he wants, then we're in a position to judge whether or not he's being unreasonable. Because, Rich, you know, for as much money as the owners have, they don't want to pay a penny more than they have to. And when you look at coaching pay over the last 50 years and player pay, one has gone up astronomically and one relative to the other hasn't. So is $15 million unreasonable? I don't know. They're talking about paying Jared Goff 40, 45 million. Which guy would I rather have? Would I rather have Ben Johnson at 15 or Goff at 45? So my point is, I'm uncomfortable with the reporting that this guy is being unreasonable in his asking price without at least giving him a chance to respond. And I've tried to get in touch with Richmond Flowers, his agent. I haven't heard back, but I just think we need to see what is it from Johnson's perspective. I think it's too delicate. And it's too potentially damaging to Johnson's future career to just throw out this idea that he's being unreasonable, he wants too much money, and it has spooked multiple teams. That's hard to come back from if you're Ben Johnson. So the
1: question I have then is, is you know, when when a candidate who is so red-hot as Ben Johnson is says, I'm staying put, and makes that announcement while one of the ownership group's that's interested in hiring you and clearly waited till it was time to speak with you is in the air (laughs) on the way to speak with you that that means one of two things that that he's just was never going to go or he was that he was leaning towards never going in the first place that he's likes where he is because Uh, of a a new financial package that's been put there on the table for him and that matches his love for the area that i'm i'm assuming he has a a, you know a spouse and family uh that may like staying there or the other thing is um he's already gotten wind that he's not getting the gig so you might as well just get out in front of it and say i love my area and i just think my team is so awesome i want to stay here those are my two cents on that. So I'm just wondering, again, why? Because the commanders are, are are such an attractive gig, one would think, in the NFC East, the second overall pick, a ton of cap space, some weapons that are already there, a new ownership group that is just going to absolutely uh, pull out all the stops because it is their first such role of this um, carpet. So I, I'm just wondering what what you think happened or, or have heard has happened on that
3: last year when he removed his name from consideration that was the natural reaction by many that he just thought he wasn't going to get a job so let's go ahead and make it look like I'm choosing to stay put sure you mentioned the possibility of an enhanced financial package to stay with the Lions Shefty also tweeted a few after the asking price spooked multiple teams that he's not getting a sweetener that Mm -hmm. he's not getting any new financial package to stay put so why are they flying to see him if he knows he's not going to get the job? I just think that we have to account for the possibility that something made him say, this isn't right for me. That something made him say, this team still has work to do to get to the point where it's an attractive destination for a head coach who really has one shot to go back to the m M&M and stuff. You got one shot. Look at Steve Spagnolo. He still can't live down the disaster that was his stint with the Rams that might have not been his fault at all. Dysfunctional mess, quite possibly. Horrible couple of years. He's had some masterful playoff game plans. His name never even gets mentioned for another head coaching job. So you have to go into it saying, I get one chance. And you got to set aside the lure of the title and the money and say, this needs to be right for me. And there was something about my meeting with this person or that person. There was something about this. I don't know. It still smells like Dan Snyder in here. Something as simple as that. But it could be that Ben Johnson said, I'm content to wait a year because the current option doesn't feel right to me. We just don't know. We don't know because it's all been plastered over to a 10.7 million follower X account that he's spooking teams because he wants too much money. That's the problem I have.
1: With it. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. What is uh, what is the next step for the two teams that I have yet to name a coach? Can anybody that's still out there, you know, leapfrog their way back in that may have the same first and last initial of their first and last name?
3: <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, it's it's a great point because, on PFT Live this morning, Sims and I went through the names of the known candidates for both Seattle and for Washington. Now with Bobby Slowick out and Ben Johnson out. And how do you make a hire that's really going to get people fired up? Renew your season tickets. Go buy hats and jerseys and get excited for the season to come. Because that's, that's what a lot of this is. Mm-hmm. You want something that's going to get your people appropriately excited about what your product is going to be. And, Rich, you've got Jerry Jones openly admitting yesterday that he would consider hiring Bill Belichick at some point in the future, which is just stunning if it comes from anybody but Jerry Jones. (laughs) You've got reporting that the Eagles thought about Belichick this year if it went sideways with Nick Sirianni, and therefore he hovers over the Eagles. You've got people who have connected the dots from Belichick to the Giants. If I'm the commanders and I'm looking at the possibility that this guy's going to coach one of the other three teams in my division by 2025, don't I at least revisit whether or not we could make it work with him not being fully in charge. And I don't know that it does work, but you've got Adam Peters who was one of the lackeys working for Bill Belichick for five or six years in new England now in charge. I don't know that it works. I think they'd love it if they could just get him as the coach without all the other stuff. I just don't know that it would work, but I would at least take another look at it because I'm looking at the possibility of Belichick coming to the division with the Cowboys, the Eagles or the Giants. Come 2025.
1: Any sense this has to get done before next week because the league doesn't want a coach hiring announcement during the Super Bowl week or they're waiting. Anybody on either one of these staffs they'd possibly be waiting for a la Jonathan Gannon from last year
3: or 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 Josh McDaniels when the Colts were Oh, never mind. Um, Yeah, but I don't know that that's I mean, I think that they, they can accept both. Okay. You know, people have argued for years now, and Peter King's been at the front of this line, let's just push everything until after the Super Bowl. It Mm. is so hard to cover the NFL during the playoffs. Not that I'm looking for anyone's pity. I'm just saying it's challenging. It's challenging. It's not hard. It's great. It beats working for a living. Trust me, I have. It's challenging because you've got the playoff teams and all the playoff storylines on one hand, and you've got all the coaching searches on the other, and it's all happening at once. It would be better to kind of space it out, right? Don't eat your whole meal at once. Space it out over some time. So I don't know that the NFL would have a problem with anything happening next week because the NFL doesn't have a problem with this whole coaching carousel happening during the postseason.
1: Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, and PFT Live right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, do your best to uh, speak fluent Jerry Jones or translate it. And what What does that mean they're going all in? What, is that? what does that mean? Well, he said that at the, at the Senior Bowl, they're going all in for next season. What does that mean?
3: I'm reminded of a notorious quote from Jerry Jones at his training camp press conference in July of 2012 mm-hmm. that I probably won't say on your show, but I have said on mine. Yes, sir. It involves the word glory, <laughs> okay. a misuse of a term that includes the word glory, if you're not familiar with Jerry Jones. Hallelujah. And then his former it's PR not, guy yeah. tried, okay. to, yeah, right. he tried to save him by saying that the word that Jerry uttered is commonly used in the oil and gas exploration business. And Jerry says, well, that's news to me. Mm. So uh, anyway, I don't know what all in means. I don't know what all in means because if you're going all in, frankly, you're going after bill Belichick now because you've got the team. You just need the coach to get the most out of the team that you have put together. So look, Rich, I I love Jerry Jones. He's great for football. He's a great businessman. I really do wonder whether or not he's as obsessed with winning a Super Bowl as he claims to be, or whether he's just a very good carnival barker who knows how to get people interested in his team, talking about his team, excited about his team, regardless of whether or not his team delivers. It's about Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. I mean, think about it. They haven't been to an NFC Championship game since 1995, and they still are the most popular team in the National Football League each and every year. He is very skilled at keeping that team on the tip of everyone's tongue. Here we are talking about the Cowboys when there's no reason to talk about the Cowboys. They lost in the divisional round. There's no reason. We're not talking about the Browns. They lost that round, too. We're talking about the Cowboys. We always talk about the Cowboys and trying to figure out what Jerry Jones means when he says something is part of what we talk about. So if they were all in, Bill Belichick would be the head coach right now they're all in when it comes to maximizing the brand and maximizing the money. And that's fine, but it's proper for us to point out that that's what's happening. It's really not a pursuit for the Lombardi trophy.
1: Well, what I meant, I guess I'll, I'll push back a little bit there that all in would mean, yes, Belichick would be all in maybe for the next three, four years to let him, um, you know, bring his brand and style and coaching staff and everything in there. And, have that overlaid over the staff or the roster they already have as opposed to running it back one more time with McCarthy and going all in, meaning we're not extending him, we're not extending Dak, we're going in the free agent market, we're going to trade draft choices for somebody else's stars and we're going to figure out how to make it work cap-wise, like F all the picks, sort of like less need. Like that's that's kind of the all in the way I was looking at it. Well, from him.
3: And, and you make a great point. And you mentioned Dak Prescott. It's possible. And they're never going to come out and tell us everything they talked about, everything. They debated. We all know there's stuff that goes on behind the curtain and they're not going to be as candid about it as they could be to help us understand what's happening. Dak Prescott's contract is a major problem for them this year. Fifty nine point four million dollar cap number. They've got to figure out a way to extend it. And he's got all the leverage. He just names his price because all he has to say, Rich, is, nope, 59.4. Like Bernie Mac in Bad Santa when he just sat there and said half, half. All he's got to say is 59.4, 59.4. He doesn't have to do anything. And he becomes a free agent in 2025. They can't tag him. They can't hold him in place. They need him to do a new deal. And I mention that because... When the issue came up after they lost to the Packers about McCarthy's job status, Dax said, if he's on the hot seat, I should be too. And I just can't help but at least ponder the possibility that behind the scenes, Dax made it clear, I don't want Bill Belichick. I don't want anybody but Mike McCarthy. And if you want me to sign a new contract, you'll go along with it. And there's a way you can do it artfully that isn't that blunt, but they need Prescott to be on board with whatever they eventually offer him, or they have to go forward all in with $59.4 25% of the entire cap tied up in one guy.
1: Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. The Super Bowl hinges on what? What do you think? Super Bowl 58.
3: Well, the Super Bowl hinges on whether Brock Purdy can do something that only two other human beings who have ever lived can do, and that is defeat Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. Tom Brady's done it twice, and Joe Burrow's done it once. And Tom Brady probably wouldn't have done it the second time if Patrick Mahomes didn't have a toe injury that needed surgery within two days after the Super Bowl ended. And Joe Burrow did a great job of taking advantage of an opening that the Chiefs left when they were up 21 3 in the first half of the AFC Championship game. Can Purdy deliver against Mahomes? Jimmy Garoppolo had a chance to do it four years ago and ultimately couldn't. Remember, Emmanuel Sanders wide open, a mm-hmm. couple of minutes left in the game, down four points, he missed him. Will Purdy make a big throw in a big spot, a big run in a big spot? Will he do the stuff that we saw him do in the second half of the game against the Lions? Or will he do the stuff that we saw him do in the first half against the Lions? It all comes down to whether or not Purdy is able to step up to that moment in only his second year. You know, there's a lot of people out there, Rich, who are already on the he should be a Hall of Famer right now or he stinks he's no good. It's all about the team around him. I think the right territory is right down the middle. Give the kid a chance, and this is the ultimate chance. Can you become the third person to beat Patrick Mahomes in the postseason? And that's going to be a list that's not very long by the time it's all said and done.
1: And then lastly, uh, you sent out a tweet of, of, of people that you were talking to in this whole analytics conversation that uh, Dan Campbell put to the fore with his decision-making in the second half of the NFC Championship game. Um you know, it, it sounds like it, honestly, it does sound like you were talking to some dinosaurs. I mean, listen, because I, I, oh. I was wondering why Campbell was making some of these decisions and I, I would have gone for the field goal both times, both times, just to keep the pressure on, take the point, certainly to tie. I mean that for that for sure. But you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor here to more than just 280 characters that you threw out there on X about who you were talking to in this subject matter. And, and what you've been hearing, ear to the ground. Well,
3: and obviously, look, if I was going to make stuff up, I would make stuff up that was far more interesting than commentary <laughs> from a head coach who I can't name about how analytics provides a way for people who otherwise would not find a job in an NFL organization to find a job. And it's created this mini industry where analytics has just kind of taken over and spread everywhere. And there is a place for it. I'm not saying there isn't. My bigger point as it relates to Campbell is that it used to be a head coach when faced with a decision, unconventional or conventional. If you do the unconventional thing and it doesn't work, you get questioned, you get scrutinized, you get criticized. You do the conventional thing and it doesn't work, nobody says boo. Then come analytics, which helps convert the unconventional to conventional. So when you do the unconventional thing and the numbers back you up, there's your explanation. You don't get criticized, you don't get scrutinized. It's not like it used to be. And I think that's helped create this monster where under the guise of being aggressive, you just go for it all the time. Fourth down, go for it. Fake punt. Do this. Do that. I'm being aggressive. I'm being aggressive. I'm being aggressive. And my argument is it's foolish to be aggressive all the time. It's better to be unpredictable all the time. But you can't just say we've always been aggressive. We're going to be aggressive. Let's just go be aggressive. There's a point where you've got to step out of the boxing ring, Rich, and you got to sit down at the chess table. And you got to say to yourself, you know what? We just held the 49ers to three points opening drive of the second half. We're up two scores, 24 to 10. We're in a position to go up three scores again. There'll be 22 minutes left in the game. Boy, that's a lot of pressure on them. They need three scores in the final 22 minutes of the game. Let's take the field goal. Let's go up three scores. You got to be willing to forget about biting kneecaps and sit down and think it through. And that's my big critique of Dan Campbell. It's not about analytics at its core. It's about knowing when to step back from trying to throw that haymaker because you may end up hitting yourself in the head.
1: Remember we called Ron Rivera river boat. You know what I mean? Like now those decisions are, are like what uh a ferry boat, yeah. you know, a dinghy, a pontoon. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it they, they, they seem to be completely insane when he did it, but now they're, they're, they're standard. It's pretty much. You're
3: going for it on fourth and one against the Eagles back in 94, 95. Remember that? That was like the world was going to end. And now we see that stuff happen all the time, going for it in negative territory on fourth and short. People do it all the time. And, and the analytics gives you the cover to avoid the scrutiny that you used to get as a head coach. Because the numbers support, you know, at ESP I don't even know why they bother. The, the thing they put down in the corner of the games yeah, on go ESPN, it. go. It's have you, have you ever seen anything other than go? It's always go. It's always go. It can't always be go.
1: Might be the old go.com network, you know, maybe you from, from back in the day. Uh, Mike, when do you get to uh, Vegas? When you Sunday. Okay. I've
3: been to Las Vegas since 1986. I have a feeling it's, it's a little different than it it's was. Changed. Hold on a second.
1: Yeah, a what? That's a headline. That's a headline, right? How
3: there. is that possible?
1: 1986, really? I was
3: alive then. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I just I've had no reason to go back, and now I do. Oh, and, It's changed. Uh, oh wow. my God, you're wow. not going to believe what you're wow. going to see. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's not yeah. even close.
3: <laughs> oh I'm my God, that sphere to see you too. That uh, big giant sphere that looks like a I, like a spaceship look. from another yeah. galaxy that uh, landed in Vegas. Oh,
1: by the way, it, there's still. Um, uh, very similar threads throughout 1986 Vegas to the current Vegas. they still, you know, yeah. you, you, there, there'll be some familiar uh, aspects of it. Uh, but PFT Live comes to you live starting Monday, then, is what you're
3: saying. Starting Monday. We're actually on, I think, 1 to 3 p.m. live on Peacock. So I'm sorry Rich. we're going to be. We'll, 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 we'll give all you good, first Mike. dibs on oh, all, the, all the good people in the audience. We'll take whoever's left over. Dude, it's all good, I don't want to get up at 4 a.m. I don't, I don't want to get up at 4 a.m. and do PFT Live from an empty radio row of Las Vegas. I hear
1: you. I hear you. Mike, thanks for the time. We'll see you out there. All right, Rich. See you, Pop. You bet. Everybody follow him at Pro Football Talk. That's Mike Florio. We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial Robert Griffin III coming up in the second hour as well as my power rankings as I do every year for Super Bowl Storylines. That's coming up. a, an NFL team a good 15 scripted to start a game Larry could you really do that really you think so
4: not now what do you mean I would need I would need to I would need to study it okay I would need to um, you know go go down on the field mm-hmm. I would need to just talk to the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. I would need to take a little course on it mm-hmm and then there's no doubt in my mind
1: that I could do it. What would you be? Would you be a passing offense? A running offense? What would you be? What would you be? A
4: lot of trickery. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> would be a lot of trickery.
2: Playground yeah. style.
4: A lot of trickery. A
2: lot of trickery. I would have...
4: I Here's what I would be doing. Yes. I would be setting up the defense. Okay, I'm going like this, and now I'm coming back for the pass, okay? So I would do that a couple of times, and then the third time, I would go like this. I think I go, come here, and then zoom down.
1: <laughs> zoom down. And so that play's called the the uh, the
2: zoom, the zoom down play? That would be a zoom down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like double, triple, quadruple moves.
4: Yes, yeah, setting, setting them up. Setting them up. I'd yeah. be setting up everybody. That's
1: that's how I would that's how I would plan
4: my offense.
1: A lot of decoys, a lot of setups, a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yes. And yes. then at some point, there has to be a play that actually works.
4: There'd be many plays to work. <laughs> They're being set up all over the place. They're not even going to know what's going on. They're going to be so confused. <laughs> Come on. Sounds good, right? It does, yeah. No,
1: it sounds so, good. You're hard. Sounds you're hard. good. Larry David. I'm avail-
4: By the way, I'm available.
1: There you go. <laughs> Larry David here on the Rich Eisen Show. I- I'm
4: available. Robert Sala.
1: I'm available. Oh yes. YouTube.com slash Show. Check out our full archive. Back here on the show, we just showed a clip of Larry David in 2021 when he was here. Multiple times Larry has been here in advance of Curb Your Enthusiasm Seasons or in the midst of Curb Your Enthusiasm Seasons. And uh, last night here in Los Angeles, California, the uh, premiere night of Curb your enthusiasm took place. Susie and I were we were there. Oh, Ooh. went last night. They showed the first and seventh episodes of this upcoming season.
4: Why the The brave, first breakup. the one
1: by the way, the first one is going to be airing on HBO on Sunday night. Uh the seventh episode of this season um I, I don't think I'm giving anything away. It's kind of one of those Curb standalone
2: oh, I see. you know it doesn't
1: it. really it's not part of the season-long arc it could just take place at any time and any moment and those are as you know are some of the best curb episodes there are right yeah um and um and by the way everyone was there last night except richard lewis he was not there last night i don't
2: because right, he's not I, doing well i don't right. know
1: yeah. i don't know i can't confirm or, yeah. or anything but everyone else was there. Um, including some some of the other um I I think I saw uh, Crazy Ice Killer.
2: Oh I saw him walking
1: oh, around wow. last night. What about Ham and Vince Vaughn? Ham was there, Vince Vaughn was there. Oh wow Vince Vaughn wearing a turtleneck, a white turtleneck and sport coat. Oh by the way, he's taller than you think. Oh yeah. You know how some people come in here and they're they're, they're taller like, oh, than whoa. you really, really, But he's even taller yeah. than you think. Yeah. I mean he's a legit six He right? is so funny as Freddie Funkhauser so funny in this man. upcoming season and as you know i'm I'm uh I've been um w- up there with the birth of my children and obviously the marriage to Susie one of the greatest moments in my life was when jeff schaefer one of the uh longtime writers and now executive producer and director of the curb uh invited me in on a um group of individuals that are watching episodes of Curb long before they're finished with an edited version and then placed on the air because a lot of these shows are um, ad-libbed and improvised and they want people with completely fresh set eyes who have no idea about the production. They want to show it to them and see if the moments actually make sense when they're edited together and things of that nature. So um, I I can just tell you this season is as good as ever. And um, it's
2: the last one, right?
1: I can, I, I, you know, I, I'll just say this. I have seen the last episode. Okay. And there's no doubt in my mind. This is it. Like, as you know, every time Larry comes in and I'll I'll say to him, "Ah, I'll say to him, like, is there any chance I'll still go there with him? Because he's currently slated to appear on this show the Wednesday after the Super Bowl, which is Valentine's Day. We will have Valentine's Day, Rich Eisen show with Larry David, which is fantastic. So um, I, I, I remember seeing it, screening it, and turning around and looking at Larry and basically saying, by the way, I've got my latte Larry speaking of right here uh mug here just for this segment kind of looking at him and basically saying um wow this is this is really it and he didn't really acknowledge it with any words i you could just see it like this is this is it this is it this is it and they go out uh brilliantly i mean he's 76 i mean it's like and by the way i should also um mention um that uh as you got the Low Terry Larrys, uh, Mocha Joe was there, there last night as well. Oh. Mocha oh. Joe. I met Mocha Joe in person.
2: Didn't uh, didn't he not make it? Isn't he uh, what do you mean? in the show timeline? Didn't he uh, meet his demise? But
1: the, the, the actor was there. I mean, he was invited. I think everyone was invited last night. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, screw it. I'll just say it. So... Last night, when Larry addressed the crowd, and um, and uh, they they did have somebody next to him signing for the hearing okay. impaired in the audience, yeah. And Larry had his fun with that guy. <laughs> of course. And at one point, he thanked everyone in the crowd, including Jeff Schaefer. Where he called like there was a like-minded person. <laughs> uh, he, that's how he referred to Jeff as like-minded in in the way of the world. And when the applause died down. <laughs> Jeff screamed out from his seat, you know, that's very nice of you, but that's off-brand. And
2: the he was
1: about 20, 30 rows back, so Larry couldn't hear him. And he turned to the sign guy and said, what did he say? <laughs> he leaned over and verbally told Larry what Jeff said, and it was a laugh-out-loud moment. Funny. What, did he- <laughs> what did he say to that got one of the biggest laughs before they started showing the episodes it was outstanding and the season's gonna be great and cameos galore and i can't wait for him to show up here uh by the way we'll talk you know i think he's gonna be our first celebrity guest post super bowl so we'll okay. get larry's two cents on the broadcast and the game break it down yo curb returns for season 12 and yeah i i, I really believe this is it uh, Sunday night on HBO, Whew. which you can see right here on Roku on Max. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I dated myself saying it's. It's an HBO original, is how they're calling it on Max. Mm. Even better. We still have the beans. They still that, have the beans. That
0: is. That was one of my uh, favorite. Uh, that episode. Uh, Tim, much Tim I,
1: Oliphant was there last night oh. too. I mean, everybody from the Curb world was there. Oh. And really, Olafant has totally let himself go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah,
2: yeah
1: right. Dude, Susie <laughs> saw him last night, you know, and I, and he was there with his wife. They couldn't have been cooler. They were great. He's just one of the – he's just he's, literally I think he's the, the coolest, coolest dude. I, yes. I, I mean, was Ham yes. was there last yeah. night. And ha- Nick Kroll was
2: there last night. I mean, TJ, you met some cool people. I mean – Oliphant's up there. Oh, look, that's 100%. Deathly.
0: I don't know if he's at the top of the list, but he is on the list. Yeah, he he's, just, he's just the kind of cat you just want to sit back and kick it with. Man.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just, um, honestly, it was great last night. Garland <laughs> is there. He's there. We're going to try and get him a uh, 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 J.B. Smoove. JB. JB in the
2: house. Well, especially especially Garland with the Bears uh, first on the clock. Oh, he's excited. He's
1: he's he thinks they're going to be really good.
2: He's into Caleb or do we know? Oh, yeah,
1: I think so. He's into Caleb. I
2: got laughs from Larry and Jack.
1: So that's my update for you Oof, from great. last night. Great. Thanks for the invite. Sunday. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> what, should I leave Susie at home? Is that well, we well, oh that's my 20. goodness. America's born.
2: <laughs>